Hello. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for clicking me to life. Uh, that was quite immense of you. This is the first of a few episodes, at least, of Very Interesting People and Polite Rants. I will be providing the polite rants because I feel it was something I was probably born to do in a structured way. And as I mentioned, always being polite. That's very important. And I I think certainly thinking about the industry that I'd like to explore in these podcasts. So I have worked in theatre and literature for about six or seven years now in various guises as a supported writer, director, artist, one of those people, and also as an arts manager. I've also dipped my toes in PR and marketing in the commercial world, but we're going to leave that outside of this audio space, this room for a moment. I'd like to talk about put downs today because I feel put downs in the sphere of theatre and literature development and particularly from the perspective of a young female practitioner can have very powerful and potentially detrimental effects on someone's trajectory, however small or quiet they may be, especially when they're coming from older and more experienced people. Have my examples largely come from men? Yes, and they are personal examples. And I can't speak for men who have been in my situation and developing their work in the regions and then London at a specific point in time. But I will talk from my perspective and especially in the hope that it may encourage or inspire younger female practitioners to treat what they're on the receiving end of with consideration and distance and to use their own judgment and instincts as to what they internalise and take on board. That's largely my motivation for doing this. I realised about a year ago that I internally started categorising types of put-downs. So I have a fun list. My fun list of put-downs, you can probably hear my notes flipping there. My flipping fun list of notes. So the first category I've called people like you put-downs. The second fun category sabotaging advice put downs the third is being used for other things put downs um the fourth get to the back of the queue put downs uh the fifth social snubbing put downs you can probably all guess what that is and it happens everywhere in every walk of life and every industry Uh, i feel labeling things and putting names to them really helps i suppose that's Uh, sort of therapy principle that once you can name something it helps you identify what it is it gives you a sense of its semantics and its relationship to you and it helps you categorize it and posit it somewhere that's more manageable I started unconsciously categorizing put downs at some point and so I thought I'd share this with you As I probably mentioned, I'm going to use personal examples, but I will not use people's names. And it's certainly not a black mark against anyone as being a thoroughly bad person. And I believe a lot of put downs towards um, especially younger women in highly competitive environments where there are so few opportunities like theatre are unconscious on the part of largely older men, actually. And I think it's to do with cultural conditioning. 
I think it's to do with the physical and verbal and social demographic stereotypes that perhaps men in the older of the older generations, sort of 40 plus, 50 plus, expect young female leaders to come from or to be. And I will I will talk more about that later. I don't have all the answers, but I will be discussing a few of the problems here. Let's start with person like you put downs. I don't know if you've ever been in the situation where you've been in a workplace where someone has been totally surprised and shocked that you've achieved something or moved on in a certain way or done something that they feel is out of the ordinary for that milieu, that world. I love that word, milieu, that world. I was working in a bookshop after I graduated from drama school and the man I worked with was a nice man. He was a generous, supportive um, workmate and supervisor. When I got onto this particularly competitive course at UEA, the Masters in Creative Writing, he didn't hide or conceal his shock. And it was this sort of this scoffing laugh. And the comment was, what? You got into the UEA. How did you do that? He wasn't attacking me. And I'm sure he wasn't purposefully trying to dent my confidence. I hope not. But when tracing that comment back, I could see that a lot of his behaviours were coming from a place of having a perspective of me which posited me in a certain social groove and as a certain thing, which I wasn't. Nobody is one thing. We're all much more nebulous than that. Love that word as well. Nebulous. And his reaction was strong and it made me wonder about myself and wonder about what it was in the way that I projected that made him think I I wouldn't do something like that or be able to do something like that or have the opportunity. So that's a person like you put down, perhaps not so calculated, but it can have an effect When you have people around you constantly who see you as a particular thing and don't imagine that you're going to transcend that thing that they've created in their minds, it can rub off on you over time. I would be aware of that just for anyone working in a bookshop who's um, contending with that. Okay, the other example I want to give is when I was working in regional outreach And I was considering going for my first funding application to the Arts Council. And I was working with a group of, um, again, men of a certain age. And this isn't an assassination on men of a certain age, but it's an assassination on some of the behaviours. I mentioned that I was thinking of this thing and the attitude was, you'll be lucky. And the laughter and the banter and thoughts and ideas along that line you'll be lucky if that happens for you (laughs) demonstrative laughter theatrical laughter from theatrical types and I didn't take that on board but had I taken that on board that this thing I was aspiring to do was so unreachable or so um, ridiculous or funny then it it would have stopped me from going along a trajectory which has been very rewarding and which has shaped a a significant part of my life. 
were they responding in that way because I was female? I don't know. I think it's intersectional. This kind of um, prejudice whereby people feel they could get away with saying things that put you down is always intersectional because things like social collateral can transcend other things. For instance, yes, I was young and yes, I was female. But had I come from a more privileged background, would they have responded in that way? Perhaps not. Um, had I been taller, older and more intimidating, would they have responded in that way? Perhaps not. It's always a combination of factors when dealing with any kind of prejudice. But from the perspective of a young woman working in theatre, being feminine and not being the traditional sort of maverick stereotype that I feel a lot of um, older arts managers see as the the blueprints for leadership and for directing is an interesting journey okay moving on sabotaging advice I don't think this is particularly gendered because I'm going to give an example of what was said to a couple of younger male practitioners and myself. So one piece of advice I was given was when I was interested in doing a development programme and um, the arts manager I was talking to was strongly advising me not to apply for it because he felt I was too advanced. So he felt the writing I was working on was really of PhD level and that it wouldn't necessarily challenge me to do this course, this, this development programme, um, to, to invest in this opportunity. However, I've since realised that all of the people on that platform and programme have had their careers launched in quite a big public way. And so I do wonder about that. Was it the case that the people for that programme had already been selected before the deadline had passed, possibly. It certainly didn't seem to suit his strategy, um, me applying for that. He was very praiseful of my work. But again, had I jumped in and gone directly for that opportunity, it may have taken me along a road which would have been more direct to where I was hoping to go to and where I'd still like to go to with my writing. So being aware of advice which can limit you I think is an important thing too that's not something we traditionally consider as a put down but it's certainly a way of keeping a lid on someone I love this phrase keeping a lid on someone because I felt on many occasions that that's that's what's occurred what's happened to me especially while working in smaller towns okay and that is another thing that I'll touch on later the two male practitioners who I was speaking of, they were advised not to take their show to subsidised venues, but to take it anywhere else that would have it for practice, for developing their craft. However, I feel this was kind of shoot yourself in the foot advice, because as a strategic person, as a person aware of industry dynamics... The idea that these two men would put a lot of energy and thought and expectation into taking their show just anywhere that would have it 
I saw, I see as quite destructive because it certainly wouldn't reflect well on their CVs. It wouldn't give them a direct route. And I, I doubt people who could then give them more opportunities would have seen it or, or have seen it. And again, I think that ties in to the idea that some people in positions of power to a degree will posit you in a certain on a certain level in a certain strata and it's good practice not to see yourself purely as that thing because we're all very surprising and we all develop in different unexpected ways and we're not completely transparent people often can't see all the potential and and talent and abilities within us at a glance at a glance being one meeting or two meetings or one r&d platform or one one show so yeah i would be very aware of that okay moving on because that was a ramble that was touching on rambling hmm. being used for other things this is a very odd one slightly disrespectful one situation have you ever been invited to a meeting which was supposedly ostensibly about your work and what you have to offer and your your show your product your play whatever and then spent the entire meeting being probed about other people you work with and another company you might be involved with or or working for and other things and people that might be useful to the person probing you I have (laughs) so I think especially as a younger person you might be too polite to actually say well hang on we're, we're here to talk about my my piece this this thing which is deeply rooted within me and which needs a platform because it's extraordinarily strong and wild and matters uh but yes so i've been in a few situations where uh, ostensibly i've been invited or or spoken to at an event um about my work but really it's about probing as to other people I'm connected with and what they're doing and what they could potentially offer and how that's all working is this particularly detrimental possibly not but it is quite disrespectful actually okay we'll let that one land and leave it there moving on my flipping list I'm just flipping through my list get to the back of the queue Get to the back of the queue relates to moving communities, moving communities into, especially within smaller communities, towns and cities, I find this is quite prevalent, is you will develop your work and you'll develop um, certain specialist skills within your work in another place. And then you'll move to another place. And instead of the infrastructure sort of acknowledging that and placing you within the level that you're working there's very much the attitude of you're new here get to the back of the queue regardless of what you've done professionally and regardless of whether that's a more amateuristic culture or a semi-professional culture or a professional culture 
get to the back of the queue for opportunities for platforms if you're a new person in a different environment and you've you've come from being successful in something else somewhere else I think that's quite common it's a thing I would watch out for that thing I've moved I guess I've lived in at least six cities in the UK and a couple of those places were small towns um one of them was a small arts community within a city which felt like a town so I'm coming from a place of having done that transition and it is palpable that feeling of get to the back of the queue you may have done something very well you may have achieved x y and z but we don't know you and we're not looking at that and you're not part of our our hierarchy yes that's the right word our microcosmic hierarchy okay moving on social snubbing hooray we all love a bit of this and it's usually so blatant and so obvious that in a way you wish you'd captured it on film or that you had a third eye to sort of look down on yourself in that moment i'm going to give the excuse the excuse wow okay hope that wasn't a freudian slip i'm going to give the example of when i arrived i think it was either a symposium or a festival and i arrived at this place with a very well-known person he was somebody who is celebrated in the field that he works in Um, he was expected i was expected to but There weren't very many other people around, but at the door where we were greeted, he was greeted. I was standing right next to him and I was not greeted. In fact, the conversation that ensued was purely between the organiser who I had actually spent an entire hour speaking to a few months earlier about my work and this this more high status person but it was quite literally there's no eye contact either it was quite literally as if i didn't exist there is never any excuse to treat somebody like that you can get away with it but it doesn't mean you should do it and prior to the pandemic there's a lot of it going around and i'm sure I'm sure it happens in every industry, but I'll reiterate where I think there are so few opportunities and the market's completely oversaturated with benign talent, not even just, you know, a little bit of talent, but so much extraordinary talent and extraordinary personalities. People are overly protective of their patches. And I think they make small discriminations between um, the levels that people are at to try and make themselves feel more secure to be honest if that means ignoring someone that's standing right next to you what does that mean i suppose that means we live in a culture where it's acceptable the lights changed in my little flat in lewisham and this is a different take i'm looking very ghostly Um, and for anyone who's listening and can't see me, I am completely naked. 
Okay, moving on. My final point is I really hope that this pandemic will make this industry where opportunities are so few and far between that's completely oversaturated with talent and where subtle differences in status seem to really matter more gentle towards people who can't necessarily help you as an individual who perhaps aren't perceived as having social collateral. We all need to exchange favours in order to survive in theatre, but it needs to be in a more democratic way, especially in regards to young female practitioners who perhaps don't present as that stereotype of the young male maverick who can take on the world varieties of people can take on the world that's a great note to finish on and i just like to say thank you very much for seeing out this podcast with me i think it's been roughly 30 minutes next time i'll perhaps have wine on the go and nibbles so do join me again thank you very much